So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Hey, what an interesting conversation when you talk about creativity. You know, I'm the middle of five children myself, um, and uh, I was born into some adversity, and uh, and I do agree that uh, with a couple things. I agree that when you're born into adversity, when you're faced anytime, even as an adult with adversity, uh, it's really amazing what your subconscious mind has the power to do in terms of creativity. Um, and it's so interesting. I, you know, I, I happen to have the ability to uh, engage with a, a gentleman who is uh, just exceptionally intelligent uh, out of Stanford um, on neuropsychology years and years ago. And he was discussing, we were talking about worry and why people worry. Uh, and, you know, pretty, there's so many, the, a huge population, percentage of the population is constantly worried about one thing or another. And of course, worry can lead to anxiety, can lead to stress, which can have uh, adverse uh, ramifications in our lives. And the thing that I found really interesting is he said that 83% of that which people in, in his study, 83% of the things that people worried about never came to pass. Isn't that interesting? 83%. Um, and of the 17%, he said that did come to pass, the vast majority, well over 80% of those uh, items, things, um, you didn't have any control over. So his point was, why worry? Right. So uh, and yet the other thing that the other part of that that I think about is this conversation is happening is that we tend to worry about things. And I wonder why they don't come to pass. Is it because our subconscious mind is put to work? Our creativity gene fires up and it typically uh, possibly 83 percent of the time it finds a solution. And maybe 17% of the time, it can't find a solution to things that we do not have direct control over. So I find it fascinating. I've always also found it fascinating that you can have uh, multiple children. You know, Glenn's talking about Willow. And uh, you've got multiple kids under one roof hearing the same messages every single day from the same uh, parents, right? Every single day uh, or caregivers. Um, and they're, they're in the same circumstances, the same environment, same schools, same everything. And yet they come out so radically different. And it's that old conversation between nature and nurture, right? How much is in the DNA of our kids versus how much is it because we influence them with our thinking? And of course, the answer is, well, there's some of both. So it's a very interesting question. You know, I have a, a, a podcast that's starting, um, just started. And, you know, and, and I'm also working on a book finally in my 63rd year. And the whole thesis of my book is seeking uncommon. I'm seeking that which is uncommon in people. And, and as I interview them, as I have conversations with them, 
that's really the heart of the matter, what I'm trying to get to. And the reason why is all of the people that I'm interviewing are extraordinary human beings. Um, you know, many of them you may not have ever heard of before, but they really have accomplished some really incredible things. And I really, I don't ever want to talk to them so much about what they're doing or what they've accomplished. I'm far more interested in how did they get there. And as somebody was talking about kids and creativity and what we're born with, you know, what is that which is innate? Um, you know, we are born, uh, every child is born with just an incredible amount of hope and typically enthusiasm, excitement. They're dreamers. They believe, we believe as kids, we can accomplish literally anything. And as time goes on, ultimately, that starts to erode. Um, that hope in some kids um, gets eroded. The spirit, uh, you've heard the expression where, where a kid's spirit has been broken. And that's what I believe it is. They, that has started to erode their spirit, their energy, their positivity, their belief, their conviction, um, their self-efficacy, which just simply means, um, it's a psychological term, it simply means our belief in our ability, our own ability to bring something about. Um, and so people that have high degrees of self-efficacy, they're the ones that always go for it. Um, and when people don't have a high degree of self-efficacy, um, even though they would like to, uh, even though they have the intention, they are the ones that typically struggle. And so, you know, I personally went through a situation, everybody, and before I go too far, uh, I pinned something at the top of the room. I do a coaching call. It's free, absolutely free. There's no hooks. There's no strings. There's nothing attached. Uh, I do it every other Friday. The next one's on the 28th. I've been doing them since the beginning of summer. I, I met so many people on this app, uh, thousands and thousands of people on this app that have dreams just like our kids. And, and somehow, some way, those dreams are alive. And now they're faced with oftentimes the reality of life, the reality of being an adult uh, with the dreams of a child. And what that does sometimes is it causes a collision in that reality so that it's, you know, you find out that there is adversity, there are obstacles, you do get rejected, we do get beat down. Uh, we do find ourselves at times second guessing ourselves. We start to think, man, I, I know what to do. Sounds crazy. I know what to do, but I don't necessarily know the path, the perfect path. Um, and I just wanted to create a space myself as a lifetime entrepreneur um, I've built uh, many businesses and I've exited multiple businesses. So I've learned how to take an idea from a napkin uh, on a napkin to a concept to making it a real product or a real service and then building the business, scaling the business and ultimately selling the business. Um, and I work with entrepreneurs all over the country and around the world to help them do the same. And, um, and, you know, of course, when businesses work with me, they, they, they have to pay a lot of money. But uh, with the individuals that I've met on the clubhouse, I didn't want them to have to pay any money. And so I offer up a coaching class for free where I literally cover 
not just everything on the professional side, not just things on the entrepreneurial side, but the things that really are at the root of what allow a human being to perform at the highest levels. And I'm simply on an empty my head before I'm dead tour. I want to make sure that that which is within me, uh, that which I've learned, my experiences, uh, my successes, my failures, and my network that I share with other people. And I don't want the financial side to be an obstacle. So if you click on that link, you can join my coaching class for free. You only you also get access to my Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, three things really cool. Number one, an amazing community of human beings. Amazing. Uh, that will uplift you and that will help you. But we also, my, my team, when we get served up questions, we actually address those as well or we provide resources also for free. And then we also provide to you within the Facebook community Outside of the community and the resources, we give you the recordings from every coaching class I've done this far, thus far. So I hope you take the time to join. Uh, it's an incredible group of people, and I look forward to seeing you hopefully next Friday. Now with that, let's get back to what we're discussing earlier today, which is the creativity. And, you know, I was not going to ultimately, I, initially I was not going to go that way this morning. But I can't help when I hear a really wonderful conversation to have this desire to keep it going and rather than to snuff it out. So, you know, one of the things that that I'm looking for uh, in my uh, quest and my journey to write this book and in working with people, both individuals and in a group, is I am seeking uncommon. And let me share with you why. Because I just mentioned as kids that each one of us has uncommon traits. We have this unique traits. Willow has very unique traits. You know, it's interesting. And Glenn, are you still there? I don't know if Glenn is still here. He had to go jump into another room. But what's really interesting is we have a nature to want to stay in our own comfort zone. And when we run into somebody, a human being, a, a brain, a mind, creativity, that is so far outside of the box. Think of a, a kid learning to color. And you remember when we first learned to color? I mean, that, that color crayon, those colors were just every color, everywhere. It was complete chaos. It was mayhem on a paper. And what did our parents or our teachers often tell us to do? Typically, at some point, they said, ah, 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 ah. David, color inside the lines. Oh, oh yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And we started coloring inside the lines. When you look at the greatest artists in the world, some of them, I'm pretty sure they never colored inside the lines. I bet you Picasso never colored inside the line. I guarantee you Banksy never colored inside the line. Banksy's uh, my favorite urban artist out there. Um, but it's interesting. We tend to stifle creativity. We say we want it. We say we revel in it but we oftentimes stifle it. And what happens at school? In most cases, well, we're gonna show up at school, in a school, we're gonna have 24 desks, you know, six rows of four, all perfectly in a line. You're gonna find your desk, your name's on it, everything's gotta be neat and tidy. You sit at the same desk every single day, doing the same things every single day. You know, you march in, you march out, single file line, all these different things that we're told over the course of our childhood 
and our on our early academics that ultimately while they provide learning which is awesome but they don't they do it sometimes at the price at the expense of our creativity and so my belief and my thesis for seeking uncommon is that what i've learned so oftentimes in speaking with uh, thousands of adults uh, over my lifetime is that sometimes we lose complete touch with the personality traits, the attributes, the literally the attributes that defined us as a child, the attributes that brought us massive joy and massive happiness and incredible passion. We get disconnected from those. As we go through our academic years, our formative years, our academic years, we start moving from creativity to moving towards adulthood and doing what we believe we're supposed to do. We start becoming led, not by the creativity or the passion oftentimes, but by the responsibilities. And it's no wonder that 73%, they say, of people around the world, not just the U.S., don't find satisfaction in and are very unhappy in their occupations, in their jobs. They're not doing what they love to do. They're doing what they are supposed to do. They're doing what they need to do to fulfill their obligations to being an adult, to being responsible so they can pay their bills and they can raise their family. And yes, it's so important to be able to be a highly functioning adult, a highly functioning member of society, and to be able to take care of our family, our loved ones, 100%. But why can't you do that? Why can't you do that while being connected to that which made you the happiest you've ever been in your life? And I find it interesting. I oftentimes ask my podcast guests, what were you like as a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old? What were you like? What were your dominant traits? What were the attributes that defined you? What were you known for? And then I ask him this simple question. Once you answer that one, tell me this. Do you find yourself using those same attributes or being focused on those attributes or in touch with those attributes as an adult? And every one of the high-performing, high incredibly, wildly successful people that I've had the opportunity to meet, speak to, work with, get to know, or interview the answer is unequivocally yes. And for the people that are not in a, in a state of happiness, that are living an incongruent life, and that congruent life just simply means you're living in total concert and harmony with your dominant beliefs, with your own ideology. You're living your life. You're not living somebody else's. You're defining your own life, designing your own life. It has not been defined by you know uh, social conventions or societal norms and you know so for that reason i've always loved the rule breakers and i'm not talking about the rule breakers where they bring harm on another human of course i'm talking about the rule breakers that are willing to ask why not that say why why and isn't it interesting that when any of us think about our kids, as we bring up our kids, anybody who's ever had a child 
and has raised a child, at some point in that child's life, that child learns to ask the question, why? And we simply answer, here's why. And then they go, why? And then we answer, here's why. And they ask, why? And we find ourselves at some point going, man, am I going to get outsmarted and outwitted and outplayed by a four-year-old or a five-year-old? Or can I figure out a way to end this, this, this line of questioning? And it's so interesting as adults, if we have that, that mindset, we don't have that creativity. We don't have, we don't, we're not reveling in it. You know, we're not, um, understanding the power uh, of it. We are more concerned and more focused on figuring out how to end the, the, the question why than we are on allowing them to go as far as they could possibly go until they get to a point of satisfaction. In other words, where they're satiated, satisfied with the learning with the knowledge that they were seeking at that time. You got to believe everybody that our four-year-old, five-year-old and six-year-olds that they're not sitting there before they ask that first why saying, oh man, I'm just going to go drive my mom or my dad crazy. They literally want to know. And curiosity, we talk about creativity. Curiosity, I believe is the cousin of creativity. And there's nothing worse than killing a kid's curiosity. When we, when a child has a high level of curiosity, they're going to be much more likely to fall in love with learning. And my dear wife, last night I'm on the road, I'm in Southern California today working with a client, but she sent me a simple picture last night that just said our, our two readers and it was my five-year-old and seven-year-old laying in their beds in the same room. They have single beds on opposite sides of the room. And they're both laying in bed, book in hand, with their little book reading light. You know, the ones that have the flexible, adapt adaptive little coil or wire that lets you bend down the light towards the page. And it, was just, I, it made my heart so happy because we didn't ask them to read. But they just decided that that's what they wanted to do. And they literally will beg us to allow them to read every night. And we, the very first day that we brought our son Jackson home, our seven-year-old, my wife and I sat on the floor and we read him two books. And we continued to read two books every evening of his life uh, since then. When, when Jagger was born nearly two years later, he's five. Um, we did the same thing. And uh, we'd like to think somehow, some way that lit that pilot light to them being interested in reading and stories and imagination. I mean, can you imagine a child without imagination? Um, that's a child that for some reason, somehow, some way, they've lost connection already with their creativity. And that's a sad thing. So I really believe that this is a really important subject. And I think there's so much more to it than just what we think about oftentimes on the surface. When we think about creativity, maybe in its, uh, in its purest sense. Creativity 
also is not limited to the artistic side of our brain. Somebody was talking about left side, right side. But the logical side of your brain certainly has the power to exercise creativity as well. What Elon Musk does, I would say that that dude is exercising some creativity. He thought, why, why? Why can't I build an electric car even though everybody else who's tried has failed? I can do that. Why can't I build a space program uh, that's better than the space program developed over the last 50 years, 50 plus years in the country? And he did. Why can't I build a platform called Neuralink that allows those who are paralyzed to be able to simply have a thought and by that thought can control a system or a computer or whatever it is they need in order to be able to take care of a particular task. Why can't I cure all childhood cancers? It's like that old Apple commercial that says, the one talking about the crazies, that's the name of the commercial. It's one of my favorites. And he shows people like uh, Einstein and Amelia Earhart. And he talks about the fact those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world usually are the ones that do. So it's a really great thing to, to seek out that which is uncommon within you, within you to get back in touch with that which created enormous joy and passion, belief, energy, conviction. Have you ever noticed, by the way, that for anybody who's ever worked with children, have you ever noticed that when they love a subject, you never have to ask them if they've done their homework. You never have to push them. And they're always going to be prone to getting their best grades. So whatever student they are, if they're a B student, they're getting better than a B in the, in the classes they love. And they're getting less than Bs in the classes that they don't. Because you don't have to push anybody in the direction of where they want to go. We're always trying to push people in the direction they don't want to go. So it's, it's a really interesting subject. I love thinking about and finding out that which is uncommon in people and through my group coaching class, and again, there's a link at the top. You can click on it and go right to it, sign up. It's free. There's no add-ons. There's no upsells. It's just free. But through there, one of the thing, many things I can promise you is I promise you that when you invest two hours of your life every two weeks, um, it may very well be the best two hours of your life because it'll help catapult you, accelerate you towards your best life, the best version of you. And by the way, here's something I think is extraordinarily interesting and worthy of consideration. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens.